Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. And if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Before I introduce our guest in the studio today, I'd just like to ask everyone to um, say a prayer for James Grimm. He is our SWAT brother out west. He is the one who puts on um, all of our SWAT programs online, takes care of uh, most of the online stuff. If you'll pray for him because uh, with the new uh, vaccine mandates that are coming out, he is facing losing his job. So just uh, pray for him and everyone else. Uh, there's a number of other SWAT brothers who are facing similar situations. So keep them in your prayers, regardless of what your stance is on vaccines. Um, just be praying for them and that God will provide for them. Um, but anyway, today I am joined in the studio by Aaron DiPietro, right? I said it right? DiPietro. DiPietro. You know when I get it wrong? <laughs> did, did you see uh, um, Land Before Time when you were a kid? I'm pretty sure there was a character named Petrie in it, so I always want to call gotcha. it. Say Petrie. Yes, so <laughs> DiPietro, excuse me. I don't know. I feel bad. I mean, we're friends. You're forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is with Stand for Jacks and with uh, Florida Family Council um, doing a number of things in the city uh, looking to, uh, well, actually, how about you tell yeah. us in your own words about Stand for Jacks? Yeah, no. So Stand for Jacks, and thank you for having me on, Taylor. It's a pleasure to be here. So Stand for Jacks is really focused on uniting the church in Jacksonville and standing for righteousness here in our city. So we have, uh, there's several different facets of what we're doing with Stanford Jacks. Uh, number one is we're looking for, you know, recruiting godly men and women of character to run for uh, city council and school board races, particularly. There's a lot of uh, good organizations that are focused on the national level and on the state level for, you know, engaging with the culture. Mm-hmm. But here in Jacksonville, we've kind of really had a lot of major issues with uh, getting, uh, con- getting, you know, godly men and women running here in Jacksonville and having an organization to, you know, on that sphere here in the local level. So that's what Stanford Jacks is focused on. And then also, so we're also focused on bringing together a a coalition of uh, like-minded men and women across Jacksonville to be able to, you know, connect and build a network, uh, a coalition that we can be able to impact uh, local elections, local uh, public policy, and uh, a variety of other issues. And we're also focused on pushing Christian worldview education as well, because that's a major issue in the church and the culture. And I know you and I have talked about it in multiple times, and that's one major short sight that the church today has been having is a, a failure to addressing the issues of today, you know, and bringing, you know, a, the defense of the Christian faith to to the people and allowing them to be able to have the tools and the resources to engage the culture. Yeah, that, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. And we're going to get into more of that um, here coming up soon. But also right. tell us a little bit about uh, Florida Family. Yeah, so Florida Family Policy Council is uh, based out of Orlando, Florida. And it is, uh, been around, it's been around um, for about uh, 15 years uh, in the state of Florida, it's focused on uh, advocating for uh, pro-family, pro-life, uh, biblical worldview values on the state level in Tallahassee. So there's, multi, there's multifaceted uh, perspectives to Florida families. So we obviously are focused on lobbying efforts in Tallahassee, you know, representing you know, uh, godly biblical worldview policy there. 
but there's also um, pastors, a pastors network that we're developing as well, connecting pastors with their elected representatives, really connecting the, the ministers of God in the pulpit between the ministers of God in the civic uh, arena, uh, connecting them, allowing them to be able to you know, have an impact on the culture in that, dire- in that direction. We can talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah, um, I think there's a few things that are coming up with just Stanford Jacks and Florida Family, mm-hmm. particularly geared towards pastors. But before we get into that, you know, you're a SWAT guy, mm-hmm. and um, just want to give our listeners a little bit of a more deeper understanding of you and your story. I mean, yeah. you're a young guy. How old are you? I'm 24. Yeah, 24. Very young and uh, in politics, uh, you know, just, just to be engaged in culture at all at right. 24 is not uh, generally likely. So tell us a little bit just about your background yeah. and how you kind of... Yeah. came to faith and, yeah, and your, your your faith journey and stuff like that. Absolutely. So I was raised in a uh, a home. My mother was a uh, my mother was a believer. My father was not at the time. Um, he was uh, he was a professing believer, and it was you know God opened his eyes um, when I was in my you know late uh, around around to age ten or so that God opened his eyes to realize that he was not saved and that he had mm-hmm. been walking you know walking um, or talking the talk but not been walking the walk. And God opened his eyes in that way. I was homeschooled. Um, I'm the oldest of six boys. My mother is, you know, my mother's a saint. I, lo- I love, I love her, and you know, respect her and thank God for her, you know, immensely. And uh, but uh, about me, so one of the things that my parents were passionate about when I was younger is just, you know, help, helping expose me, you know, to the Word of God and and having that foundation based on a, a biblical worldview. And one of the things that they helped kind of expose me to and you know allow me to have, uh, you know, and in, get information on was apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith understanding you know the roots of the faith mm-hmm. they, were, they were huge on a lot of a lot of parents in today's culture and this goes for christians and non-christians alike um you know m- many of them you know are wanting their kids to know what to believe but they don't know you know kids don't know why they believe mm-hmm. you know that's a that's a major factor and for me it's a passion it's one of my passions in life is to engage with you know younger people and educating them and informing them on a biblical worldview because once you realize that the, the truth of god's word and how it how it's so how how it's the best thing for mankind, both on in terms of a spiritual level and in terms of a, a temporal level here on Earth. When it, there is no area of the world and public and policy that the, the Word of God does not address, whether yeah. it's business or recreation or education um, or politics. Yeah, that, that's good. And you know, just go back to mm-hmm. the uh, the the homeschool education. Mm-hmm. What what was that like? Because you know that's something that you know I was homeschooled for kindergarten mm-hmm. and then I went to private Christian school, mm-hmm. uh, but. That's so detached homeschooling is for most parents and for yeah. most, you know, kids or mm-hmm. anyone. Uh, so what was it like for you growing up? How did your parents structure it and stuff? You know, this is stuff yeah. that I'm just curious about as a teacher. So yeah. I was just wondering if you yeah. give some insight about that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it was it was a real, it was a tremendous blessing. The biggest thing was allowing the flexibility of, you know, homeschooling allows the flexibility for the parent to be able to personalize the education for their child. Yeah. And, you know, what how it, because children are not just, you know, robots that are going through an assembly line, uh, you know, of what more of a, like a public school system and, and, you know, God, thank God for the, you know, the few teachers that are in the system helping, but the system really, and y- you can probably test- testify to that, you know, kind of works against a lot of those teachers in that front. Homeschooling allows you to be able to personalize that and, and give, you know, one-on-one time to, uh, to the child. That was a huge blessing. There were some things that, you know, worked for me that didn't work for my younger, you know, my younger siblings in terms of the homeschool experience. And my mom was able to adjust that to each individual uh, another thing too that uh, homeschooling allowed me to do was to be able to engage in you know the community, engage in in the civic arena, especially when I was in high school and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I was in my uh, senior year of high school. I was helping you know volunteer on some campaigns, things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had been in public school. 
so yeah. that there, that allows the flexibility and the freedom to be able to pursue that and pursue my own interests. You know, there was there was uh, you know there was things along the line that I was able to pursue and study and research and look into myself that I, I may not have had the freedom to be able to do in a public school environment. Well, yeah, I think that's true, and I think most parents are uh, get you know frightened about uh, you know being responsible for their kids' right. education. Although you know every right. learner is responsible for their own education. How, right. when you were younger, did they instill a love of learning uh, for you? Because hmm. I mean, you obviously have it, and yeah. like you said, you were you were getting involved in in, in politics and campaigns when you were in in high school. That's mm-hmm. not that's right. pretty unusual. So, right. how did they go about it? If you can remember. Yeah. You know, anyways, that you can so I'm, I'm not saying I was far from being a perfect child. You know, the Lord saved me when I was age 14. Yeah. So you know, my my mother had you know, like I said, my mother was a saint. She you know, she put up with a lot when we were younger. But uh, I would say part of it was you know, um, you know, allowing us to be able to pursue, you know, and like me, I was in a, a bit, I loved American history when mm-hmm. I was younger. So they would give you know access to resources, whether it's like from Michael Ferris or David Barton or some other you know. Christian historians to be able to show the true roots of America's history. Mm-hmm. And I was able to pursue that. I loved uh, Christian missionary biographies. I was a huge fan when I was younger of that. I could tear through a biography. I remember, uh, you know, especially over like the summer, I could tear through a biography a day. You know, I just yeah. loved, I loved reading and, you know, exploring in that, in that way. Yeah, and that, that was something for my parents, what they instilled, I think, especially in us older kids was a love of, of reading. And, right. and, and if you become good at reading mm-hmm. and you enjoy reading, uh, that's really a ticket to you know a, a ton of learning, and for me, it, it took me a while to really yeah. get into it. But mm-hmm. once it clicked, oh my yeah. goodness! Now you know I read a lot, and I read yeah. every you know in a bunch of different areas. And mm-hmm. uh, like you, I was a big history mm-hmm. history fan. I I liked the war history, like that gotcha. was my my big mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think probably like most boys, right, mm-hmm. likes yeah. that. But um, that's kind of what led me down becoming a history teacher. Gotcha. Um, yeah. That and. I went to school to play football more than anything else, so um, there is that. But um, you're, you're also a SWAT member, like mm-hmm. I said, and um, we're kind of coming up against a break. But yeah, um, I'd like to ask you when we come back, you know, mm-hmm. how uh, how you got involved with SWAT, yeah. um, what it's meant for you, and kind of some go down some of those uh, pathways because you know SWAT is uh, it, it, uh, there's not a lot of young guys, especially your age. Yeah. I mean, there's a few guys my age and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but there's not a lot of super young guys in SWAT. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious as to how you uh, got involved mm-hmm. and then what you've taken out of it. I think we probably could get into how you got involved. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how did you hear yeah, about SWAT? So, yeah. So I had a, a friend, uh, Chuck Baker, who uh, okay. who I worked with, who invited me to SWAT. He spoke very highly of Doug, you know, and I kind of even had heard a lot about Doug, you know, before joining SWAT. But I really, you just have been blessed and encouraged by being a part of SWAT, just getting in the word, you know, talking, talking over, you know, the issues and uh, just Doug's humility and his love for the Lord and his vulnerability too to share, you know, some of the struggles that are going on in his life and, you know, being open for, you know, that dialogue and communication and the, the discipleship element as well, you know, being willing to, you know, challenge each other, you know, and, and bring, you know, where, where the rubber meets the road, if you will, right, you know, in right. the church. So. Yeah, we're going to come back and yep. talk a little bit about that discipleship yep. element because I think that's something that SWAT offers that, um, particularly for young men who want to come in and get involved, yeah. that offers that other things don't really um, maybe offer the same level yeah. of uh, options or uh, availability in that way. Anyway, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, let's see. I'd like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. 
You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. is brother by need to breathe welcome back to swat radio if you are just joining us swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and i am joined in the studio by aaron DiPietro. no DiPietro. 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 goodness man you got the hardest last name i think i've ever tried it's, to pronounce it's all right it's DiPietro. Right. i'm definitely not italian yeah. as you can tell you can just say hey you man. <laughs> he is with uh, uh stanford jacks and florida family council um, we're talking to him. He's a SWAT brother. So right before the break, we were talking about just being a young man, uh, going through SWAT and what that has meant for him. Um, so we're going to pick it up there and just kind of talk maybe about, uh, some of the discipleship opportunities that you've felt and kind of how men have poured into your life. And if you could just share a little bit about how SWAT's done that for you. Yeah. So I will say definitely, um, just meeting some of the guys that are in there. I mean, obviously meeting you through there, you know, just the yeah. friendships and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know, the, the like-mindedness of, you know, the brothers in Christ that are in that group, but just meeting, you know, uh, you know, and I could, I could name several names as well in the group, but just of men that, you know, I've been able to meet and have coffee with or have, you know, lunch with and just, you know, be able to, you know, be an encouragement and be encouraged. Obviously, you know, I, you know, I, I seek to be an encouragement to others, but I can say as a younger, younger man too, it's encouraging to have, you know, guys from different backgrounds and different, you know, walks of life that love the Lord, love the word and being able to, you know, encourage you, come alongside you just as the body of Christ is supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, in our society, you know, there's not a lot of intergenerational, uh, talking inner, right. Or Mm -hmm. inter, inter, Mm -hmm. intergenerational, uh, communication going on. Right. Right. And so any opportunity, especially as men and to be able to connect and talk to men who've gone before you, uh, and learn as much as you can from them. I think that is, uh, of an immense benefit and one that we miss out on a lot. And uh, I know for me personally, um, just kind of my life experiences, I was able to hang out with uh, not only my dad, but my grandparents, uh, my grandfathers uh, quite a lot. And that, I mean, I'm telling you that that type of 
uh, pouring in into your life that you get from yeah. not only a generation just above you, but maybe one, you know, two generations or three generations in front of you. I mean, there's so much to, 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 to be offered there. Yeah. And I think it's something that, you know, younger men should be more humble to yeah. seek, seek it out. But older men should also be realize that they still have stuff to offer right. no matter what age you're at. And that they, those young men are looking for someone to build into their life, you know? Yeah. So just, just my thoughts uh, yeah. as far as that, as far as that goes, when did you start going to SWAT? So I think it was about a year and a half ago. I think it was about a year and a half ago. So it was actually, it was before COVID. Okay. It, it was before COVID. I believe it was late 2019. So, oh, okay. So that's getting on two years then. Yeah. I'm getting old enough yeah. that I forget, I forget time, <laughs> the travel of time. Yeah. So you were a little bit before me. I started uh, kind of right as COVID was kicking off gotcha. uh, on the radio and stuff, but that's awesome. So uh, I w- I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about Stanford Jackson, uh, Florida Family Council, and, you know, some some of the opportunities that you guys, uh, well, that we are offering yeah. um, coming up here in the future. And also talk about Howdy Russell. We had him yeah. on the program um, ooh, two weeks ago mm-hmm. or, or so now. So you guys are uh, working in part. How would you how would you characterize that? You know, so we're working in partnership, I guess, or, yeah. so, you know, supporting him, mm-hmm. you know, helping helping him get his get the word out about that race and such. Yeah, and he is running, if you don't know, for city council. Yep. Uh vote is December seventh. Seventh, yep. And uh that is Howland Howdy Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other guy's name's Howland too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, maybe vote for the howdy. Yeah. Vote for the howdy. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Um and so how did because uh, you know you you said that uh, Stanford Jack's part of the mission is to find good godly men and women who are willing to run uh for public office and do their civic duty in that way. Um how did you I guess you did you guys know how do you before or how did that connection happen? Yes, it was actually a, a, a incredible, you know, kind of it was just a God thing, you know, in that front that uh, we were looking for a candidate and literally this race came upon us. We were, you know, at Stanford Jacks, we were really more focused on building the coalition, building the connections, continuing the worldview, you know, training uh, meetings that we were doing. And we were looking at probably the first elections we would be dealing with would be in, you know, August of 2022, mm-hmm. the school board and, and races and such. But this race came about when uh, Councilman Hazori, you know, um, sadly passed away. Um, and the race was basically announced within like a week or two of his death. Mm. So, and, and gave a deadline of about a week or two after that to be mm. able to, you know, have candidates file. And it was, Jacksonville has a, has a major issue in terms of our, you know, the leadership culture in our city. Is that and you know I'm, I'm gonna say this on all love and kindness, we have a uh, we are the largest city and again I don't want to get into partisan politics too much because unfortunately that and I'll, as I will explain here that doesn't really matter, it's kind of irrelevant here in Jacksonville but Jacksonville is the largest city in the nation to have Republican control of their local governments. Oh wow! Problem is in Jacksonville, sadly that doesn't mean that's a irre- that doesn't mean anything. We have probably the, the most lib- one of the most liberal. Um, Republican caucuses in our local city council, hmm. you know, and here in Jacksonville, and that's been a big issue with the uh, local uh, Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce has been a big force behind that. There's been a collection of about ten to fifteen very liberal um, donors that lean Republican, but you know, I guess you could classify them as Rhino, you know, Republican in name only, and you know, that's a that's a huge push behind a lot of the tax increases we've been dealing with, a push for you know the HRO, and mm-hmm. you know, basically you know where our city council. And the majority of the Republican caucus voted to allow government the power to be able to punish Christian businesses in Duval County for living out their faith and, and, you know, according to the dictates of conscience on the issues of marriage, gender and family and allowing – and this was the majority of our Republican city council 
the Republican caucus, allowing biological men to go into women's restrooms, locker rooms, shower rooms, and changing rooms here in Jacksonville. Jackson, I'm always seeing what happened up in Virginia mm-hmm. with the backlash in Loudoun County over that whole issue, and that is that's law here in Jacksonville, thanks to our Republican city council. Yeah, and I think it's important for people, you know, our listeners, to, especially to understand that Republican Democrat, those are titles, those are names um, that really, you know, and you could say, oh well, there's generally. If right. you're going to find a conservative, you're going to find a Republican conservative. You're not going to find a Democrat one. But that doesn't mean that just because you have the name Republican that you have a conser- uh, a, a biblical worldview. Right. And um, I know in talking to you that, that Stanford Jacks doesn't really care about the party affiliation. Right. They care mm-hmm. about your affiliation to the most high. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, really trying to find people regardless of what t- yep. what claim mm-hmm. you want to as long as you're going to stand for righteousness. Right. Um, that Stanford Jacks wants to partner mm-hmm. with you in that. And then, you know, you mentioned the HRO and kind of Stan- Stanford Jacks kind of was birthed out mm-hmm. of that in some ways, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, was that also how you got your start into kind of the civic arena or were you involved before I that? I was involved in a little minor minor scale beforehand, but that was definitely in 2015, 2016 in the city council elections and then the subsequent city council battles. I was uh, just out of high school and, you know, co- in college working part-time age 18 just, you know, constantly going down to City Hall in 2016 and 2017, you know, just as, and I remember a lot of the council members were looking at me as like, are, are you a, you know, what, who do you work for? You know, are you a <laughs> lobbyist or something like that? And I'm like, you know, I'm just a concerned citizen, you know, that cares about this issue and, you know, wants to, you know, wants good policy for, you know, for the Jack, citizens of Jacksonville. And so that's kind of where I got, you know, heavily involved in, you know, fighting that battle and trying to reason, and, you know, put logic and facts and, you know, history bear for these council members and you know try to reason with them and we were we were successful in some of the first few battles um but we did end up losing um in 2017 interestingly that that law was defeated um or struck down by a court for being illegally drafted in Hmm. terms of it was was struck down on procedural grounds but unfortunately the city council came back right after that under the cover of covid on zoom on zoom meetings and repassed that law basically i think they had one or two hearings, uh, public hearings on, you know, online. And of course, you know, z- government by Zoom is leaves mm. much to be desired. Yeah. So, you know, as, as, yeah, absolutely. It's not the way that, you know, government is meant to operate. But unfortunately, they pushed it through under cover of, of under cover of COVID when people were, you know, concerned about their jobs and their health and, you know, loved ones, you know, dying. They were pushing probably one of the most dangerous, you know, anti-biblical, anti-Christian worldview policies in Jacksonville. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people probably have no clue about that. Living in Jacksonville, don't really know what's going on. Where can people go um, to really get be caught up, be kept abreast on the latest and and what's the political machination? Max, excuse me, I yep. messed that word up. Uh, are in Jacksonville? Are there other good sources, or is it really more of you got to dig and find yeah. it. You, so it actually, right now, it is you have to really dig to find that. That's one of the things that we're trying to, you know, building the Stand for Jacks Coalition is to be able to provide a resource, you know, for people to be able to get connected on that. But we're, and we are in the beginning stages of building that coalition, and that's something we would love to do long term. But yeah, that's the sad thing here in Jacksonville. Again, like I was mentioning, you have organizations, you know, on the national level, like American Family Association, Family Research Council, and then organizations on the state level, like Florida Family Policy Council and others that are focused on, you know, educating and informing, um, you know, you know, Christian conservatives and, you know, people of faith across the state. But here in Jacksonville, uh, that was a, that was a void that we saw at Stanford Jacks that needed to be filled. And that's what we're starting to do. Um, 
Our website, and I'll just share that. Our website is Stand for Jacks. The number four. The number four. Yep, jacks.com. Stand for Jacks.com. And uh, one thing, if I may share too about Stand for Jacks, one of the visions that we're looking for uh, in regards to you know building is something called the Gideon's 300 Network. And the Gideon 300 Network goes down to the idea that each of us has a sphere of influence that God has placed us in that we have you know an, an impact on people that maybe share our values share our biblical worldview, but they maybe aren't as engaged and informed on the issues as we are. Um, and I, I totally get it. I mean, man, I mean, it, people are busy. We have lives, you know, we have families, we have, you know, things that, you know, we have responsibilities to take care of. And I totally understand that the idea behind the Gideon's 300 network is, you know, bringing together a group of people that will, you know, connect with each other, connect with the leader, the volunteer leadership team at Stanford Jacks. And when the time comes, you know, their, their commitments, it's threefold, you know, for their commitments. Number one is to begin to look at the, the network and the, the, the influences that they have around them and their, their spheres of influence, reach out to those people, you know, start putting, you know, a list together for themselves, just for, you know, not to share with Stanford Jacks, but just for themselves. And then to connect with Stanford Jacks and just, you know, get in touch with us, send us your contact information. We will maintain in contact with you on the issues. And as elections come up and as policies come up, that, we, that will be the source that you can be able to reach out to and engage with and during election times. And just, just from some, for some basic numbers, uh, if you have, uh, you know, to reach out to your spheres of influence, Stanford Jackson will be doing vetting. We're recruiting candidates. We're, in, you know, keeping people abreast of upcoming elections. We'll reach out to you, provide you with the vetted candidates, elections that are coming up. You reach out to your spheres of influence, whether it be 10 people, 20 people, 50, 100, and then reach out to them, let them know about the upcoming elections and I mean Taylor here in Jacksonville, three hundred. You know, just assume three hundred. We'd love to get you know more than that, obviously. But starting out with three hundred people, three hundred people reaching out to fifty people, fifty friends in an election—that's fifteen thousand votes. That is absolutely game changing in Jacksonville in most of our city council elections. Because in the past um, two election cycles, most of the district races were decided by three thousand votes or less. Wow. Three thousand votes or less. Yeah. So if you are interested in the Gideon's Three Hundred Network, they can go to Stanford yep. Jacks, right? Stanford it's on Jacks. The- yep. StanfordJacks.com and sign up there. Yeah. So go to Stand the Number Four Jacks J A X dot com. Sign up there, and you'll be able to get uh, the, the rundown on kind of what you need to know about what's going on in the political realm here in Jacksonville, and then you'll be able to um, give that to those that you uh, think could benefit from it or need to need to hear it. So. That's good stuff. We're coming back talking more about Stanford Jacks with Aaron here in just a second. But we are up against the news break, so we'll be back with more after the news. I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally, ninety one point seven in Jacksonville, ninety one point nine in St. Augustine, and ninety one point three in Folkston, Georgia. And also, would like to give a shout out to all of us, all of our listeners listening online, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, Doug is out of the studio today. Generally, he has an interview uh, scheduled Thursdays, the interview day. I get to do the interview today. And today we have Aaron from uh, Stanford Jacks and Florida Family Council in 
uh, for us. If you've missed any of the program so far and would like to go back and listen, I should explain. Stanford Jacks is looking to um, cr- create a biblical uh, worldview presence in Jacksonville as far as um, in not only uh, the culture but also in uh, city government and stuff going on like that. So if you're interested in hearing this conversation and you've missed uh, most of it so far, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Uh, again, that's www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to listen to our full cat- catalog excuse me, of programs, and including this one, in just about an hour or so. And just before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, the layout of Jacksonville and what's going on. Uh, you know, Aaron, I wonder if you could paint maybe a picture, um, especially because, like you said, it's hard to find information about what's going on in Jacksonville. Paint a picture of what the culture is like here in Jacksonville and what the political realities are um, for for the city. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think uh, one big important piece that you know should be brought up when discussing Jacksonville culture is that the church in Jacksonville used to be a big influencer, a bit, you know, be a very influential factor. Um, I remember even some of the, you know, some of the more conservative churches back in like the 90s. I remember there was even a there's even a, a comment that, you know, you didn't get elected in Jacksonville unless you went through First Baptist Church downtown. Just as one example among many other churches mm-hmm. that were, you know, at one time very influential. And I remember there was a, a, a council member, um, a liberal Republican council member that actually said in order for us to be able to advance the, you know, the liberal agenda here in Jacksonville, we have to get rid, you know, we have to get. And they mentioned a particular church. They mentioned one church in particular, but really, you know, talking about getting that church out of the way, you know, taking that that church out of play, you know, and, and, wow. and, and nullifying their influence. Um, and that, that was the state of Jacksonville's church. You know, there was engagement. There was, you know, um, and, you know, was it perfect? No, but there was an engagement. There was a, you know, a, a sense of duty realizing that the church had a responsibility in our culture to shine the light of Christ in the political arena. I mean, the, you know, the political arena is not the, the, the idea that we've had in our culture for so long. Um, that a lot of Christians have bought into is the idea of compartmentalizing our faith. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in multiple areas, whether it's, you know, in family or recreation mm-hmm. or education. But, but in politics, it's been extremely visible that where we've compartmentalized our faith and we say, this is my, you know, Sunday, this is my church day. And then on Tuesday, I'm going to, you know, vote. And I'm going to not vote based on the word of God and what the principles are in the word of God. But I'm going to be voting voting on, you know, party line or voting on, you know, this, uh, uh, I mean, I've heard people say, you know, I don't know who the candidates are. I like that guy's sign or that guy's flyer. I mean, it's just stuff. Yeah. Or, even, you know, really personal, you know, self-focused issues, you know. And, yeah. and even, even, even as Christians, we can have the wrong, we can have the, the wrong motives, do the right thing, vote for, and support the right people for the wrong motives. Right. Um, you know, if, if, our, if, our, uh, if our motive is, you know, in voting an election is, I want to just absolutely destroy the other party, you know, and you know, just kick their tail and you know, send them flying. That's not a that's not a godly biblical response. You know, we we should have all everything that we should do we should go back to the Word of God and the foundation that's that's there. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, big time um, for most Christians uh, have bought into the separation of church and state that there will be a wall <laughs> between that, and don't realize that that's not a constitutional thing. Right. And and mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson wrote that in a letter, and what he meant by that was that. Uh, the other way around, right. not that the church mm-hmm. wouldn't uh, focus, uh, influence government, but that government was not, not tell gonna... the church what to do, control yeah. the church. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been taken and twisted, obviously, mm-hmm. by, I would say, uh, the spirit of the age mm-hmm. to uh, really try to shame and silence mm-hmm. Christians. I, I'm curious, how in how were they effective in shutting out the church? You know, you mentioned that mm-hmm. one council member. What kind of transpired to 
really get the churches to be silent then. And how, uh, and this was yeah. in the nineties. This so this was actually so this was actually the one council member was actually in the probably within the last ten years. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So I, it was a gra- it was a gradual thing. There was a ton of factors across the church in general here in Jacksonville. Uh, I think part of it was more of a compartmentalization of our faith. Another was a, the the uh, just the lack of focus on local issues. Mm. A lot of a lot of focuses, you know, whether you whether you're watching CNN or Fox News or Newsmax or MSNBC, the focus is so intense on national issues. And a lot of people when they get up in arms and they're talking about you know Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and uh, even some to a lesser extent on the state level, there's a focus on state politics. Yeah. But there's been a huge vacuum in the focus on local issues, which is really the main area that we, you and I can all have an impact on here, you know, here is here locally here on, on the ground floor. And I think we've, you know, we're like, oh, the big issues, you know, is federal and state. There's, you know, there's not really much that happens on the local level, you know, and, and they've avoided that. And, and it turned out it's a big issue here in mm. Jacksonville. Low, you know, here in this you know, special election, we'll talk about this in a little bit here in December 7th that we're expecting. Uh, the Supervisor of Elections Office is expecting a 10 percent voter turnout. Wow. In a city of you know over six hundred thousand voters and a million people, almost nearly a million people, they're expecting probably sixty to seventy thousand voters. Yeah, and you know that that turn away from the local and, and focusing more on national and state uh, politics is actually the complete inverse of what the founders' idea yep. of was uh, you know was for uh, government. And, exactly. And, and there's always there's been the sphere of you know influence, the sphere of government, starting with self government. Um, family government, you know, and how you uh, order and structure your family and then growing on out to the national level. And we as, uh, you know, Bible-believing Christians have kind of shied away from that, not looked more towards uh, the national level and the state level, while at the same time, the spirit of the age, the other side was, they knew where to go. They were going into those uh, local places. School boards. Yes, going into school boards, big time, city councils. Commissions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and getting... People elected where we weren't paying attention mm-hmm. to what was going on. Electing people that were going to service their agenda. Mm-hmm. Not only that, that was going to get them experience and name idea to, the, to move higher, to move higher and higher. Exactly. And so from there, they're doing what we really should be right. obviously start doing now. Um, but what we were asleep to was was growing a culture, yeah. um, you know, from the ground up. In order to now where we see where we're at now, it's like, oh my goodness, what's going yeah. on? And well, that is been something that's mm-hmm. been built for quite some time and and then hearing that that uh, jacksonville was able to withstand that to some extent but here yeah. recently that it's kind of starting to go the same way yeah and we've got a we've got a, just a major focus too on you know d- just d- being disengaged and uh just just a, a general compromise too in local government because and, and again it's easy I, there was i think was something we were talking about the other day was the concept of the tyranny of the nice mm. And it's it's the fact it's easy when you're talking about national politics, regardless of what side you are on on the political spectrum. It's easy to look at national figures in Washington and even in Tallahassee and say, you know, and create the ultimate villain, you know, mm-hmm. out of whether, you know, you know, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And it's easy to it's easy to do that on the local level, though. Um, it's a lot harder, a lot. And I know some of, you know, I know some of the council members, the local council members that have severely compromised. A lot of them are nice decent people good resumes um you know and i and i would i would not say anything directly to say you know trying to impugn their character or anything like that but they're they've severely compromised on their issues and some some of them i don't know their hearts so i don't know whether they're believers or not know the lord but they've severely compromised on the issues 
And it's harder for a lot of believers, even in Jacksonville on the local level, the closer you are to someone, you're like, well, yeah, I know they're, you know, I know they don't believe in, you know, defending, you know, uh, you know, religious freedom here locally, or, you know, they'll say it, but, you know, they voted against it, you know, whether again, HRO and a lot of people are like, you know, on the HRO, oh, it's just old news. It's, you know, I'm like, well, the first amendment is not old news. <laughs> That's not, you know, and it's like, you know, well, we need to be strategic. There's nothing strategic about, you know, we need to be strategic. You know, there's some people in the local, you know, political spheres will be like, well, we need to be strategic about, you know, not going after, you know, not, you know, criticizing, you know, local people, as long as they've got, you know, the, the party label behind their name, you know, they're being strategic. I'm like, there's nothing strategic. Strategic is I want a 10% tax cut, but you only give me a five, 10 per, mm-hmm. 5% tax cut. I'll go for that. That's fine. I'll compromise on that. But there's nothing strategic about taking away religious liberty or endangering public safety and the privacy of women and children in Jacksonville. You know, that that's, yeah. there's nothing strategic about that. Well, and, and not only that, you know, the the niceness factor. I think, mm-hmm. you know, people feel bad. Oh, you know, this person is really nice and they're yes. really polished. I like them. Mm-hmm. But we got to stop looking at uh, politicians and politics in general as if it's a popularity contest, right? Yes. Like if you are you're doing you're there, you're sent there wherever it is, nationally, locally, uh, state, you're sent there to do a job. And you've said that you're going to do certain things. And you may have said it really, really nice. Yeah. But if at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you don't do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Well, now you have that's a question of integrity there. Yes. And I think most people are not really aware of yes. what's going on, what, the, what boats are being made and who's right. making them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, hey, this guy's really nice. You know, yeah. he said, oh, no, that's not what happened. That's it kind of exactly. went this way. And so mm-hmm. since we've kind of uh, not been paying attention. Yeah. That niceness is a as mm-hmm. even bigger trap. Whereas mm-hmm. if you know, you know, hey, this is what you've been doing, man, yeah. and you know, I really, I really like you. I respect you the way you handle yourself, but I can't, yeah. I can't keep having you do this job exactly if you're not going to do the job the way I need right. you to do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And we don't have that mentality, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the Gideon's three hundred is yeah is good because it allows people to see, hey, okay, this is where um, these people are on yeah. these issues. This is how they voted mm-hmm. on the issues, and yeah. kind of let people know, yeah, hey you know give empower people to be able mm-hmm. to make a decision right um about what's going on and in, instead of having to dig for some yeah. of that stuff which you could say right hey that's your civic duty to, to dig right. for it but uh but to, i mean so, i mean I t- and i totally understand too i mean it's even for me as someone who's plugged in it's sometimes very hard to find even information you know and and uh, a lot of it too is behind closed doors i mean a lot of people you know think that's just washington dc jacksonville has a lot of happenings behind closed mm-hmm. doors and we don't, you know, a lot of it we don't know. Some of it we do know. We hear bits and pieces. And it's really the, the trust factor in Jacksonville's local government is is non-existent. And it's saddening, too, because, again, you know some of these individuals. And it's like, I like them. They're great personalities. Some of them even profess faith in Christ. But their their walk is not match or their, their walk is not matching their talk. Yeah. So that's that's a huge issue. I mean, here in Jacksonville, too, and it's not so much the. There, there is an issue of voter, you know, apathy. But one of the biggest issues here in Jacksonville in the past, uh, you know, election cycle, out of 19 city council races that were on the ballot, only six to seven of those races had even somewhat decent candidates to vote for in those races. And by decent, I don't mean necessarily strong, biblically worldview-minded candidates. I'm just having like a bar that barely you can step over. All the other races, it was a battle between, you know. Two candidates that, you know, were not on the side of the, a biblical worldview, whether regardless of whatever part two or more, you know, regardless of whatever party label they had behind them. So that's been a big issue here in Jacksonville. 
And so it's not just apathy. It's not just, um, you know, maybe some seedy dealings or, or some uh, integrity questions in the populace. But it's that the men and women of God have abdicated yes. um, their responsibility to run for public office, you know. Well um, put, yeah. All right. So we are up against the break. We'll be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Crowder with All My Hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, as has been the case all week, Doug is out of the studio, so I get to uh, do the interview today. I'll be on the radio with you all week, so sorry about that if uh, you're missing Doug. He'll be back on Monday. In the studio with me now is Aaron from Stand for Jacks and the also for, for the Florida Family Policy Council. Um, he's in here talking about just... Um, Really, in the last segment, we were talking about the state of the local politic, uh, body politic, I guess, uh, here in Jacksonville, and kind of what's really the 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 bird's eye view or the ground level view, what it really looks like, uh, what we're really up against as Christians in um, in Jacksonville. And so, this last segment, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about what Stanford Jacks's hope is for the city, what its vision is for the city. Um, so, yeah, what what are what are what are the thoughts there? Yeah. So our goal at Stanford Jacks obviously is to get Christians engaged in this arena, realizing this is a mission field, just like, you know, and should be really should be a part of the, the ministry wheelhouse, if you will, in mm-hmm. any church, just like, you know, children's ministry or missions or evangelism, realizing this is a culture that needs Christ. You know, there's no area, um, you know, of the culture that Christ does not say, you know, this is this is mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I am Lord of all. So our desire is to really, you know, inform and educate um, Christians. And one of the ways that we do that, and I guess I can go ahead and mention that now, is we're starting to have, you know, meetings, you know, across Jacksonville at different, um, you know, churches and uh, across Jacksonville talking about, you know, our vision at Stanford Jacks, giving people an opportunity to be able to come in, hear the vision, you know, and be able to, you know, have an opportunity to participate in that. But we're also having seminars across Jacksonville 
on different hot button, you know, worldview issues and how we as Christians are supposed to engage in that, um, you know, from a Christian worldview. Our next meeting uh, is going to be on November 11th on the north side at Wayside Assembly of God at 6.30 p.m. Um, information is at standforjacks.com, so you can visit the website there. But we're going to actually be diving into the issue of critical race theory from a biblical worldview perspective. A lot of people, you know, just they hear the talking points on, you know, Fox News or CNN, and they're like, you know, that's that's the depth of what they know about it. But we're going to be diving into, you know, what is CRT defining it? Because that's, that's the thing, you know, he who defines, you know, wins mm-hmm. the game, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so what is the definitions of CRT, looking at the history of it, you know, where did it come from? What is the roots of it? Exploring that and then also talking about the biblical perspective on how we as believers are to engage in this in this debate um, with love, with compassion, and yet with truth. So we'll be that'll be on November 11th at 6 p.m., uh, 6.30 p.m. Uh, visit StanfordJacks.com for more information on location and times. I know we're going to have uh, four presenters there. You're going to be one of the, them, Taylor, and yep. I'll be presenting as well afterwards about the Stan, the Stan for Jack's vision. And, uh, you know, we're really excited about what, you know, God's doing in the group. So that's one of the things that we're really trying to do. So engaging your Christian worldview training, candidate recruitment, um, and also just, you know, engaging and impacting our elections through the Gideon's 300 network, which we believe we can have a serious, you know, a serious and tremendous impact. Yeah, so I will be there uh, November 11th, so make sure um, you check that out at 6.30. Also, another SWAT brother, Brad Sykes, the Brad Sykes. Sykes. Yes, he will be presenting as well. Um, So we would love for you to come out. Hope you come out. If uh, you would like more information, you can go to standforjax.com. That's stand, the number four, jax, J-A-X, dot com. Uh, A few other things that um, not only Stand for Jax, but also Florida Family Policy Mm -hmm. is doing um, you know, and these are kind of geared more towards getting pastors yeah. involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's t- let's talk about the Stand for Jacks one first. You got the American Restoration Tour, and actually, Florida Family is a part of that as well. Oh, okay, so, yep. okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is hosted by Stand for Jacks and mm-hmm. and Bennett Brown mm-hmm. and Brian Hickok. So, mm-hmm. uh, tell tell the the listening audience about that. David Barton yes. is going to be one of the yep. presenters. So, 100%. if you know anything about him, um, would be a good idea to. Uh, kind of see how you can get involved or if you have yeah. a pastor who um, yeah. you think would benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tell us a little bit more about yeah, it. Yeah, so the American Restoration Tour with Chad Conley of Faith Winds and David Barton is it's going around the nation and basically just bringing in pastors from across the city and others. It is open to others, but specifically they're trying to bring pastors and church leaders to be able to bring them together um, to hear David share, you know, from history, from the Word of God, talking about how pastors are to be engaged. And from, you know, just from, the, from some of the reports around the nation, I've heard some like pastors' lives have been changed mm. from these meetings. Literally, pastors that you know were either you know unengaged and apathetic, or maybe even were on you know what you know maybe you know supporting potentially candidates that were not or in in policies that were not in line with the Word of God. Just having a lot of hearts and minds changed at these meetings. Um, you can find more information at flfamily.org. Uh, fl as in Florida, flfamily.org, um, and it'll be on the main page. The American Restoration Tour. Here in Jacksonville, and you need to register in advance. So you know make because sure there lunch is provided. We, we didn't we exactly tell that. That's the big seller. Exactly, right? lunch is provided. <laughs> um, it's going to be at Epping Forest uh, Yacht Club uh, here in Jacksonville. But Thursday, November eighteenth uh, at eleven a.m. Register online. You can find the links um, at uh, flfamily.org, along with uh, some other uh, events that are coming up with Florida Family on the statewide level of engaging, you know, the opportunity to engage the culture and stand for righteousness. I know there's going to be a rally that, you know, and this is one thing that you and Doug have been passionate about. There's going to be a rally in Tallahassee 
um, on the sixth, uh, November sixteenth, uh, the Medical Freedom Rally, talking about yeah. the, the special session that's been called. You know, per, you know, defending you know the rights of individuals to have the rights of conscience to be able to you know choose whether or not you know to get the vaccine and protecting people that are you know suffering you know potential job loss and you know being punished for you know choosing to you know make the best decisions that they see fit between them and their doctors and the research they've done. So that's another thing you can find that all that information at flfamily.org. Yeah, and so if you have a pastor who uh, would you think would benefit or would like mm-hmm. to go um, the American Restoration Tour, I uh, actually was able to go to uh, Mercury One Studios over the summer. Um, that's where David Barton and uh, yeah. Glenn Beck have a lot of their historical stuff. Um, you know, David Barton and his son Tim was able to go through uh, something that they had for teachers, and I would tell you that it is uh, very impactful um, just to be able to see the stuff, but also to hear the history. And, and one of the yeah. things that was really uh, hit me hard was he was talking about education and that before the public school system came into play, it was the churches and the parents who were driving yes. um, the education of the youth. And particularly that the church um, or how involved the church was, was something to me that was like, well, why are pastors, why are churches not doing that anymore? Um, so hopefully, you know, if you'd like to go and hear about that, uh, I don't know if he's going to be talking about that specifically, but Anything David Barton talks yeah. about usually is pretty solid. Yeah. Also for pastors, uh, the Florida Family uh, Policy Council mm-hmm. is doing uh, the Florida Capital Project, yes. right? So t- tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the Florida Capital Project, and I'm, you know, um, uh, I would say probably uh, Dr. Kevin Baird, who's the director of pastoral ministries, would be the best one to talk about this, but I'll share a little bit. It's bringing uh, together church leaders and government officials um, to meet, to where allowing pastors to be able to minister and, you know, share and encourage and pray for uh, government uh, officials and government leaders in Tallahassee, specifically on the state level, we're looking to hopefully do something like that locally too in our local government. But you know, putting aside partisan politics, putting aside even lobbying, you know, this the, the Florida Capital Project is not about you know lobbying and, and policy issues. There's a separate arm for that, but this is about connecting pastors to be able to be salt and light in our city government and to be an encouragement, a challenge, you know, to exhort and you know to pray and to minister. We've had amazing testimonies. And you know stories that Kevin will be able to share on that front, but that's something you can find at uh, the Florida Capital Project It's an outreach of the Florida Family Policy. Yeah, he said something that was uh, in the uh, last stand for Jackson mm-hmm. that I was at, that that was pretty impactful. He said that um, you know these this is a mission field. These yes. are people who need ministering. Exactly, um, they're not just you know politicians or right. they need ministering and fellowships. And I thought that was a. Yeah. A pretty unique perspective. They're human I, beings. Yeah, yeah. That I they, a lot of them put on a shell, mm-hmm. you know, for the news media and such. But they're human beings. I mean, they're vulnerable to the same struggles you and I are. Yeah, they're dealing with the same world. Yeah, and I thought that was cool. I hadn't really, you know, thought about that uh, unique uh, opportunity for ministry there. Um, also, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, tell us a little bit more about Howdy's campaign yeah. and and how people can support and just yeah. kind of how that's going right now. Yeah. So Howdy Russell is running for at large uh, Group Three City Council. That is a special election that's going to fill the vacancy left by former Councilman Tommy Hazori passing away. Uh, again, election is December 7th. This is going to be a critical election you know, for the future of our city because, again, like I talked about, even in among the Republican caucus, a very uh, liberal, you know, uh, compromising you know, group of individuals in terms of biblical worldview and public policy. And Howdy is a strong, you know, godly Christian individual who's ready to bring, you know, you know seek to restore righteousness in our city. Uh, for and he's a business, a small business owner, owns uh, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, which uh, actually not only is fantastic food, but is also uh, 
in, in the business side of things, is actually the 10th fastest growing business in Jacksonville. Oh, wow. I didn't the, know that. Yep, according to the Jacksonville Business Journal, hmm. the 10th fastest, and even in the middle of COVID. And that's the amazing thing. Yeah. The restaurant doing that well. Um, godly Christian guy, loves the Lord, passionate about defending you know, our rights as believers, you know, standing up for righteousness, defending religious liberty, not compromising uh, you know, defending also being an advocate for, you know, being responsible for our, you know, taxpayer dollars, opposing a lot of this, the taxation that's occurred um, for a Republican city council, for us to have three tax increases in the last five years in mm-hmm. the Republican leadership, there's something wrong there, you know, you know, and, and a business, how do you know, is you, you know, you have to make the hard choices, you have to cut some things. And if you're going to, you know, increase spending over here, you have to make, you have to make those hard decisions. And he's passionate about doing that. Uh, this is a critical race that we're dealing with, not only um, opposition from, you know, the other side, but, you know, even from, I hate to say it, from the larger Republican sphere, we have had major opposition. He's going up against a, you know, an, again, another nice individual, a nice person, but again, someone that is connected and has been supported and endorsed and has a lot of connections with a lot of the individuals that have been, you know, pushing a lot of this, you know, anti-biblical worldview, things like the HRO mm. and other this, these policies. So Howdy, this is a critical race for everyone to get involved in. Um, you can uh, follow Howdy on uh, Facebook at Howdy Russell Jacks. You can find out more information about him there. And uh, also, uh, Howdy will be at our next Stanford Jacks meeting as well. So you can be able to meet him there on November 11th. Yeah, so uh, he's the grassroots candidate, right? The underdog. Um, he is. So uh, definitely check him out and, and share with everybody in your networks. And, you know, yeah. because this race, we're expecting, a ten, again, a 10 percent turnout. Every vote counts in this race. Yeah. And also, if you want to learn more, come on November yep. 11th. Stanfordjacks. Um, yeah. Stanfordjacks.com. Stand yep. Check it out. Stanfordjacks. That's Stan, the letter or the number four. Excuse me. Jacks. J-A-X dot com. All right, man. Aaron, it's been great having you on. Thank you, Taylor. That hour flies, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, his first time on the radio. He's got yep. he's got a voice for it, doesn't he? All right. Um, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual